0: You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, happy new year. It is... 2019 i'm gonna have to get used to writing that one down this is jess o'reilly i'm here with my partner brandon ware
1: i'm excited for 2019 it's gonna be a good year
0: i'm feeling good about it too we just wrapped up our new year's celebrations down in jamaica with my family uh danced to some reggae music swam in the lagoon if you follow me on instagram you know mostly i was doing acro yoga on the boards on the stand-up paddle board. so people see my instagram photos and they are like oh you're so in shape you do all that acro yoga and i have to explain to them no i literally just do it for the gram
1: yeah you should have seen some of the acro yoga poses that she wanted me to be the base for contorting my body and like using my forehead to prop up your entire body
0: if you don't know acro yoga well i guess i'm probably not qualified to describe what it is but here's my my understanding of it. It's basically partnered yoga or more than one partner. And it's not really yoga. You're just doing these different acrobatic poses. But we like to take it up a notch and do it on the paddleboard. So you can check that out on Instagram if you're interested. And today I want to do some catching up because I have so many questions from listeners and they're piling up. So we want to power through some of these before we get started a big thank you to desire resorts for your support of this podcast desire resorts they have two locations down on the Mayan Riviera couples only clothing optional and if you are not in a couple you can check out their sister resort temptation up in Cancun all right so I have a question here from a gentleman who says I find it quite difficult to bring it up to my girlfriend that I'd like her to clean up down there properly. I usually would enjoy giving oral pleasure, but I avoid it now because I feel that she would be quite offended. How can I request that she washes in a nice, acceptable way? Now, I've I've been in this situation before, and uh, I found that asking them to join me in the shower often works. I also remember one relationship where I was just totally straightforward about it, and I would tell him, hey, go wash. (laughs) Go wash first. And, And I find that if you also make a point of washing up before sex play, you might find that your partner follows suit. Have you been in this situation, babe?
1: I haven't. I thought of some funny sayings, you know, don't beat around the bush just get right to it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it would be a really awkward conversation to have. And maybe being blunt is, and, and matter of fact about it is the best thing to do is politely just, you know, <laughs> request that they, like you said, go okay, go clean up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you're very, so Brandon is really picky about being clean not about my being clean but about his own being clean like you always want to shower first it's actually kind of annoying like
1: three times a day
0: we're not doing it three times a day
1: (laughs) no 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 i just shower three times a day um
0: but because you are like that it makes me a little bit more like that so i think that leading by example
1: oh yeah
0: is also an option because when i see you go shower i'm like oh i guess i better go shower (laughs) although i don't always
1: yeah, I mean, this is only in reference to, uh, I mean, again, the the question is, I'm assuming it related just to odors. Is that what it is? Or <laughs> it, did it have to do with manscaping or the female equivalent of that?
0: Uh, no, he says washing up. So, okay. yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think some people might be offended by this question because... The theme of framing women's genitals as dirty or smelly is common and it's really harmful. And people with vulvas are often taught that we are unclean. So I know there could be some concerns that this person is reinforcing these body shaming myths, but I don't really see it this way because regardless of stereotypes, you're entitled to your own preferences. And if you'll be more comfortable... If your partner washes up first, you're entitled to that preference. Having said that, I'd also suggest that you consider whether or not you're being unduly influenced by negative social perceptions about the vulva and about the vagina. And if this is the case, you might want to change the way you see the body, change the way you think about the body. I, I don't think this is the case for this person in particular, but I think it's something to consider for all
1: of us. I think you should all may- of us. lead by example. Yeah. I, think he, I think, assuming it's a person with a penis, I think that this person should lead by example.
0: Go wash your dick. Go
1: go wash your junk with some pineapple-smelling soap.
0: Okay. Yeah. We don't really <laughs> need the fragrance soap, okay. but just clean it up. All right. Uh, this person's... Oh, okay. This is interesting. So this person says, I'm 24 years old. I'm a woman, and I've always had male partners, but I really enjoy watching girl-on-girl porn. My boyfriend and I have been together for a year and we have a really open and honest relationship and an awesome sex life. I've been thinking more about being with a woman and I brought this to my boyfriend's attention. I am really just curious if it's something I would like and he said he would be open to it if he was able to watch. So at first I thought, yeah, sure, that's only fair and harmless. But upon further consideration, I really want my first time to be private so I'm not as nervous and I don't want to feel like I have to put on a performance for him. He says he understands and that he would support me being with a girl if this is what I really want and he said he wouldn't ask for anything in return. Is this appropriate? And I want want to include him on this experience, having him help me find the right girl and I guess my question is should I let him watch because that's only fair? Is there any other way I could go about this? Well, there's no standard with regard to what's fair, other than what you both agree to, he doesn't need to watch in order to make it fair. But what's most important from where I see things is that you're both on board. If he's feeling pressure to meet your needs and isn't comfortable with your having this experience on your own, you'll want to take a step back and renegotiate. I mean, whatever you're doing, whether it's using a toy, or having an experience with another partner, you want to ensure that you're both fully on board, fully informed, and that you've talked about how you might feel in response to this new experience, both the exciting and positive feelings as well as the ones that may not be as pleasant. So bottom line to me is, no, he doesn't have to watch. If you both agree to something, you're the experts in your relationship, go ahead and try it.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that there is this desire for things to be fair and as though watching makes it equal and fair. I mean, that may bring both parties pleasure, but I think at the end of the day, what's really required here is a deep (laughs) conversation about how both parties will feel when this transpires, if it does, like how are you really going to feel? How's he going to feel if he doesn't get to watch? And I know that he says he's supportive of that. But I I don't know. I'm uh, I'm in agreement with you, I think, on all fronts.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, this notion of equality in relationships. And I think it's important to note that it doesn't need to be tit for tat, right? If I have three orgasms, you don't have to have three orgasms. If I give two blowjobs, you don't have to go down on me two times. You have to go down on me four times. No, just kidding. Uh, I, I think it's important to just acknowledge that That what works for one of you may not work for the other and it doesn't have to be an exchange of, well, you had sex with another woman so now I'm going to have sex with another woman or another man. It sounds like you guys are on the right track and uh, yeah, as long as neither of you is feeling pressure and you're feeling like this is something you both want to try, I do not see it as something that will inevitably lead to strife in the relationship. I know some people really believe that bringing in a third or fourth or fifth person is going to make things more complicated but for many people it actually strengthens the relationship because you're talking about something that is culturally subversive. You're working on it together and you're getting through it together and hopefully deriving pleasure from it as well. I, I would just also encourage you to examine your own expectations of this experience because oftentimes with fantasies like this They may not be as hot in reality, which actually brings us to our next question. Uh, This one is also a bit of a long one. So this one says, this lady says, I recently found out that my husband's ex-partner was willing to have a threesome with him. They broke up before it could happen, but they were in the planning stages. This is my husband's biggest fantasy, and I know it would make him so happy if I could give it to him as well. While I like the fantasy of a threesome, I can't get over my own insecurities and feelings of jealousy when picturing him with another woman. However, I feel my own pressure, none from him, my own pressure to try to talk myself into being okay with a threesome so I can be just as good or even better than his last serious relationship. I know that sounds silly, but I can't seem to get past that wanting to be the best partner and feel bad about not yet being able to give him something another woman was going to give him. Any advice on how to move on from this feeling? Well, we are living in an age of the cool wife or the cool girlfriend, and this concept suggests that you should be so cool, so hot, so carefree that anything, you'll be cool with anything that a straight dude could desire. So this is a very hetero male perspective. Um, I think a lot of it comes from porn. And this is just one more layer of expectation that makes the ideal for women damn near unattainable. You're supposed to be the loving caregiver, the sultry seductress, the superhero mom, the stunning CEO, the a pillar of community strength and resource, the Pinterest-level crafter, cook, and decorator. And now you're also the unpaid fulfiller of fantasies. And all of these roles, they, they can be admirable, and you may even embrace some of them. But ultimately, I hope you're considering your own feelings first before you don any of these superhero capes. And I am so happy that your focus is on trying to move on from this feeling as opposed to trying to overcome it and push through to do something that makes you uncomfortable. So to move on, well, first I'd suggest you consider the fact that you don't expect your husband to fulfill every one of your fantasies and you probably don't sit there comparing what he's willing to do to what an ex was willing to do. And you still consider him a great lover, probably better than any ex who might have been willing to do more in some areas. I remember actually when we first met, um, I had never had anal sex. And I don't think that I really wanted to have anal sex, but you had told me you'd had it with an ex and that she kind of just slid it in there. And I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of something you want to do. Maybe I should do it. But I ultimately didn't really want to do it at the time but I I don't know how did you feel where you're like oh well my ex gave me anal just didn't give me anal
1: I didn't feel that way at all I didn't feel as though one person did something so the next person should or I should pressure them or encourage them to do it I really applaud that this woman is reflecting on how she feels I don't like that she's like kind of comparing herself I don't know why there's always this comparison Mm -hmm. to how things were in a previous relationship or somebody else's relationship. I also think that if, so let's turn the tables and just assume that this is you and I, if you were to come to me and explain to me in those final few sentences of that question that she's struggling with it and that she's, you know, really contemplating how she feels about it, she's okay with the fantasy and she certainly wants to give her partner, um, you know, a fulfilling sexual fantasy... I immediately would, would kind of gravitate towards, wow, look at what you're trying to do for me. You don't have to do this. Like the fact that you're willing to have this conversation with me and that you're genuinely trying and that, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can take this desire to fulfill my fantasy and create a new fantasy that we could enjoy together rather than just one that I had fixated on with a previous relationship.
0: That That's such a good point, babe. Um, and so for this person, yeah, can you go talk to him about this? Can you say those words? Listen, I wanna fulfill your fantasies. I wanna be the best you've ever had. And I'm, and I'm stuck with this. I'm feeling like I'm struggling with this. So I hope this is a conversation you're having with your partner.
1: And she's being vulnerable too. And that vulnerability can be attractive. It can be something that you look at and say, wow, like you're being vulnerable with me, I appreciate that. Let's come up with a new fantasy that we can enjoy together. Let's make a new, let's plan something new that maybe incorporates some of her fantasy into the next fantasy that they create together.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I would love for you to start thinking about your own fantasies and talking to your partner about those so that you do explore a broader range of fantasies beyond the threesome. And, And he will likely discover new fantasies and the threesome fantasy might fade in its allure as, you know, a new ultimate fantasy comes to the surface. So I think that's a great point, babe. And, you know, I, I want to say that you're you're an amazing lover. That's, you're already really great. The fact that you're thinking and talking and writing to me about these things tells me that you're open-minded and eager to please. And I hope he's just as eager to please you.
1: Yeah, it sounds like they've got a pretty good foundation that they're working with.
0: Yeah, and you, I think for everybody... Please bear in mind that you do not have to do everything or be everything to have amazing sex and much of what makes you an appealing lover actually has little or nothing to do with what you're willing to do in bed. Likely what attracts your partner to you is the way you carry yourself outside the bedroom, you know, whether it's at work or in the community or within the family or socially and it's your total person that probably makes you the best he's ever had. And now, I, I mean, to take it back a step, you can also be an amazing lover without physically performing a specific act. And and threesomes, for example, are often hotter in fantasy than in reality, because it is complicating put it it is complicated putting three people in bed together. So can you look for ways to draw out and play with the fantasy on your own, just the two of you, whether you whisper in his ear and weave the fantasy or whether you watch threesome porn, maybe, and this is only if you're feeling open to this, maybe you even go to a sex club and watch a threesome or maybe, again, this won't be for everyone, but for some of us, maybe you have a virtual threesome while watching a cam model online Uh, and, and you can be the best lover ever without engaging in one specific
1: I'm just laughing because some of the things that we've seen or (laughs) in your mind, they're super hot. (laughs) And in reality, you're like, yeah, there's just too much going on here. And it's not quite as hot as you think it is.
0: Yeah. Especially with group sex. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know if you'd want to talk about that. Like you've had fantasies about group scenarios or threesome scenarios, and then maybe they were not as hot as you thought they would be
1: yeah I mean if we're gonna go down this road and really kind of open up a little bit then yeah the the group sex sort of environment not that it's not exciting and fun but in the heat of the moment it I mean our experience was or my experience was that it wasn't quite it wasn't quite as hot as what I had pictured in my mind and it doesn't mean that different circumstances have been more erotic but there have been some where it's like yeah not let's let's bounce
0: well it's interesting because even though you've had those experiences in which they weren't as hot as you anticipated you still seem to like to talk about them which again brings us back to the fact that the fantasy of them continues to feed in a positive way but the living out is less appealing
1: yeah, because when you fantasize about something, you don't have to think about all the, all the corollary events and, and things that are going to happen, like the conversation before or after. Or during. Or during, <laughs> or seeing somebody at coffee and then having them make a weird comment and you're like, okay, that was, you know, one thing that happened and it doesn't need to kind of continue here and now. We can just be normal people having coffee (laughs) not talking about that
0: right okay so yeah I think that's an important thing to remember that the fantasy is often hotter than the reality itself and that that applies to so many different scenarios and that may not be the case for some people some people listening will say actually I've had a threesome and it was the hottest thing ever and that's okay too but I, I just, I don't know, I, I would like you to feel great about where you're at. I think Brandon summed it up nicely that if you could go to him and say these things, say like, I want to fulfill your needs um, or your fan, I want to fulfill your fantasies. And then you'll probably have a more meaningful conversation um, that leaves you feeling more reassured because Brandon and I can sit here and try and reassure you. But we, you know, our ability pales in comparison to what your partner can say to reassure you. So open up that conversation if you can. And then finally, this person says, I'd be curious to know Dr. Jess's definition of sexual incompatibility. Can two loving individuals be incompatible sexually? Yes. Just because you're in love and just because you're great life partners does not mean that you will be sexually compatible. I see compatibility as something you cultivate, not something you necessarily find. Of course, it will be easier with some than with others. I also see compatibility as a matter of effort. Are you both willing to put in a similar amount of effort to fulfill one another's needs? And do you respond to one another's needs without judgment? If you are shaming your partner for their desires or if they are shaming you, I think oftentimes you find yourself at an impasse and it is a matter of incompatibility. Now, you don't have to like or want the same things. You don't have to share the same fantasies. You just have to be open to meeting one another's needs and desires. And again, this doesn't mean you have to fulfill every one of their desires and you, you don't have to do everything that they want, but are you open to taking a desire. So for example, like that threesome fantasy, are you at least open to talking about it? You absolutely don't need to live it out, but are there pieces of that fantasy, of that desire that you can draw out? For instance, if it's the underlying theme of being overwhelmingly desired, can you talk about that instead? So to me, compatibility is cultivated when you're willing to put in a similar amount of effort to meet one another's needs. So if one person's willing to compromise or uh, compromise isn't the word, if one person is willing to shift and evolve and try new things more than the other, then I think you can struggle with incompatibility. You both have to be willing to find some common ground.
1: I'm sure that there's a baseline to compatibility within a relationship that upon which it's, you know, it kind of increases or decreases. But I think that there's a, there's a fluidity of compatibility because there are certain points in our relationship where I've wanted sex less than you've wanted it and vice versa. And I think you just have to accept that at different points in your life and it, with different things happening that there will be um, a, a, different, a difference in desire and I guess for, for this question, compatibility. Would you not agree?
0: Yeah, I think that's perfectly put, babe. I don't know why I went to school for this, because you can just answer all these questions.
1: Just real-world experience, man. (laughs) But no, that's the truth, is there really have been times in our relationship, months, weeks, months, days, where I've wanted it more or less, and we've been on different levels. Mm -hmm. And one of us puts in the effort, as you've said, we have a conversation, we think about what the other person needs, and we try to meet them at their level. And I think that because both partners are open and willing to doing that, that there is, um, that that compatibility component increases as a result.
0: No, I think that's an important point. And there are times often where over the course of a relationship, you carry it for your partner. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's being in tune and, and paying attention to your partner and kind of understanding what they're going through and what they're feeling. But again, all of this really boils back to having that those conversations. Sometimes they can be difficult, but there is so much positive that can come from those difficult conversations.
0: Yeah, and at end, it all comes back to effort, right? Are you willing to put in effort even, perhaps, when your partner isn't? Are they going through a period where their effort is lower and you're willing to pick up the slack, so to speak? And and that's that brings us back to Brennan's point of fluidity because compatibility isn't something you achieve and keep forever. It is something that you are cultivating on an ongoing basis.
1: But there's also, I think the expectation that the person who let's just say in this particular instance, the incompatibility is one's person's desire is less than the others. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always, in my opinion mean that the person whose desire is less is going to be uh, they're going to step up and have it more. It could be for that day, week month that the other person's um, shift is actually in having sex less.
0: Yeah, go masturbate.
1: Yeah, you got a hand?
0: Yeah. Go wank it in the shower, rub it in the shower. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking specifically about frequency and uh, we do have a podcast. You can go back to and listen to on frequency, but that's a very important point, Brandon, that if I want it once a month and you want it three times a week, oftentimes the focus becomes on me and on my need to get my desire up. But it isn't just about my getting my desire up. It's not on one person on one partner to create that middle ground. It really is on both of you to look for to look for alternatives. Now, I don't know if this question is specific to frequency. It could be to desire. So for example, if you have a partner who's really, really kinky and you're really, really vanilla, can you make it work or are you sexually incompatible? I think if neither is judging the other, you can absolutely become compatible because elements of kink and elements of vanilla sex they really fit together well and you can always pull out the thematic elements and play with it in a different way. If you are hard-lined though and say, no, this is my ultimate fantasy. This is the way we've got to do it. We're going to go into a forest. I'm going to be tied up by five people. Another guy's going to come by in a van and kidnap me and that is the only way you can fulfill me sexually. Well, then it doesn't sound like you're being very flexible and I hear a lot of judgment from people who might have more fringe fantasies, um, saying things like, oh, well, they're too vanilla or they're just not as open-minded. And that's not necessarily the case. Just because you're vanilla doesn't mean you're not open-minded. It may be that you're just simply not into something. And so if I want that whole forest nymph fantasy kidnapping in the van and Brandon wants rose petals on the bed, we can find a way to make it work. But if I sit here and judge his rose petals on the bed, if I sit here and say, oh, well, he's too square, That's when you arrive at that sexual incompatibility impasse. So it's about not judging your partner. It's about being willing to put in the effort to meet one another's needs and being open to finding common ground. Because if you've got this hard line where there's only one way to have hot sex, you're probably not going to be compatible with anybody.
1: I do want to comment on how quickly you came up with the force-themed fantasy. Oh, yeah, that's something Something that you've been thinking about for a while?
0: Something you and I should talk about, babe. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for sending your questions. I have a whole slew more that we'll try and answer next week as well. Uh, Some of them I need to bring in some additional experts because we are certainly not experts on everything and we're just here sharing our insights and our perspectives. And the fact that you're here tells me that you've got really valuable insights and perspectives. So keep sending in those questions and uh, please subscribe to the podcast. You can even write a rating write a review online if you'd like share with your friends thank you again to desire resorts for their support of this podcast and thanks to you babe for being here
1: awesome had a great time as always
0: all right have a great week folks you're listening to the sex with dr. Jess podcast improve your sex life improve your life